It's a great pleasure to welcome Red and Yellow Creative School of Business to What's Next. Andrew Allison joins us now. The Red and Yellow Creative School of Business is a, a business school in Cape Town that was as founded in 1994. So uh, you're going to be celebrating your 30th anniversary, uh, yep. Andrew. So congratulations. They're offering uh, training in management, marketing, and design. Well known. And as the school approaches its 30th birthday, it has created the perfect balance of established academic excellence with refreshed and youthful mindset in the, its adoption, the, the latest in education trends uh, to establish students and alumni on an international stage. And we both know, Andrew, how things have changed in the last 30 years. Uh, Andrew Allison is the Chief Commercial Officer at Red and Yellow Creative School of Business joining us today. Uh, Andrew, can you believe it? 30 years. Uh, when you were just saying all of that, it actually occurred to me that uh, we should try and recruit you to do some of the sales marketing pitch for us. I realize some of the wording probably comes from our own team, but it sounds so much more impressive when it's said back to me. Yeah, 30 years. It is. It's a, it, it's a heart. It's gone in a heartbeat. I mean, I've been here for the entirety of it, but we like to think of ourselves as a 30-year-old startup, which is a uh, an interesting concept for people who work in, in other in tech startups, but in the in the kind of realm of academia, 30 years is really a blink of an eye. No, it certainly is. And uh, I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, today the moving at the speed of culture. And of course, when you look at how much has changed over the last 30 years, the Red and Yellow Creatives, uh, you know, School of Business, and, and why this institution places much of its focus on looking around the corner. So it's not just about what was happening 30 years ago, but you guys have certainly evolved. And that's what we're going to be unpacking. But what does it mean to be looking around the corner and how easy is it to keep up, uh, you know, with tertiary curriculums and all these updates and being agile and, you know, being so-called future fit because everyone's focusing on the future today? Okay, it, it's it's not easy is the, is the short answer. And, and some of that is a good thing. Uh, some of that is frustrating. Uh, a lot of us who, who work at the school come from, from industry. Uh, we've got a, a good mix of, of uh, professional academics and faculty, and, and a lot of us come from industry where we're used to moving a lot faster, particularly in the digital space. Uh, and so for anyone who comes into the education environment, particularly higher education, adjusting to the, the longer time spans and long, longer planning horizons that are involved is a real mindset shift. When we want to bring out a new program, we have to account for about three, almost three to four years of planning and prep before we can actually go live with it. So often, you know, we're planning on something, we've got, to, we've got to anticipate what the market's going to look like in four years' time. And for that reason, a lot of the programs, and rightly so, a lot of the programs that we bring out, certainly in the, in the accredits of the degrees that are still at that side, they tend to be more evergreen. Uh, they focus very much on fundamentals and principles that are going to continue. And that's true. I mean, if you look at marketing, uh, a lot of the, 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 the tactics, the tools, the, the practices, have those have changed. And those are constantly changing. But fundamentals and the principles haven't changed. It's still the four Ps, argument over whether it's seven. But, you know, the, 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 the classicists will say it's still the same four Ps, still trying to communicate with an audience. Looking around the corner, though, really is is just keeping tabs on and keeping very close to to industry. We're fortunate and have a fantastic industry network. Something we I think that really sets us apart. Uh, we are constantly speaking to corporates, to ad agencies, to to marketing departments, design practitioners, who are telling us what's happening in the industry, telling us what they need, and that goes back into our program development uh, team, who we then come up with new and crazy and wonderful programs. Uh, all the all the while, whilst uh, trying to trying to match those and fit those within this accreditation framework that is by design rigid and doesn't move slowly. So it's a it's a real challenge. It's something that we uh, 
we thrive on. And I think we've set ourselves apart from the rest of the pack and being particularly good at it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and you certainly are. And, and and I guess the future is exciting. You know, look, there are challenges in trying to understand how AI fits into all of this. But the fact is that you're open to it and you, you, you're looking ahead at this. And because it is changing everything around us from marketing to, you know, automation, you know, every, every, every business is being impacted by these technologies and important to stay on top of it. What are your thoughts on, on the skills of tomorrow, talking about the future, given the current shifts with uh, AI, as I just mentioned, um, you know, there's remote studying and people are working remotely. I bet, you know, your organization and, and you know, people in the marketing field, I often hear many people still working remotely. And yep. of course, the power of data, um, uh, you know, you know, data in you know thirty years ago was was like what you could read was what you had on a piece of paper. Today it's all digital. There's analytics and there's all sorts of other things that are thrown at us. Uh, so, what are, what is your thought on the skills of tomorrow? Um, I'm going to break it down into to two pieces, if if you don't mind. I mean, there's the there's the as I said, the, these evergreen. There's these these constant skills that have been have always been important. They're important to the door of the industrial revolution. They're important, and probably more important than they've ever been at the moment. And that's what we set up to teach. So, they're called. I, I like to uh, it was a, a learning and development specialist to refer to them at a meeting years ago as the soft skills of today or the hard skills of tomorrow. And okay, they get lumped as soft skills, but Every year, if you go to the World Economic Forum, you look at the top 10 most important skills. None of them are technical skills. They're all attitudes. They're all mindsets. They're all uniquely human skills. Things that, And often we look at them, the things that you don't associate with AI, with machines. They're things that make us unique. We believe that creative thinking is the most important of these, and it has been and will continue to be so. But if you look at others that, that feature on the list, just got them in front of me, but things like em empathy, curiosity, leadership, influence, entrepreneurialism. Uh, resilience, you know, there's, it's these sorts of things um, that that often get. I, I don't think they get they get uh, um, uh, underestimated. Certainly, certainly in corporates, that's the thing that when you with a, was at a conference last week with with a uh, with a bunch of uh, senior agency leaders and 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 marketers from from the brand side, and and it's these soft skills that they are crying out for most in graduates that are coming through. The technical skills they can teach. But those mindsets and those 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 are the, the softer skills. Those are they expect those and and, and they're seeing a role of decline in those. Um, so those we teach as part of the program, and then the technical skills are are the ones that are constantly changing, refreshing. We teach those as part of the curriculum. So those are there is some degree to which we can adapt. You change case studies. You know, uh, TikTok is something that we focus a lot on, uh, but that wasn't something we focused on five years ago. But if you look at the overarching structure of the BCon program, it hasn't changed. The fundamentals are still the fundamentals. Um, where we do have a lot more flexibility to move faster and to, to keep up to speed with what's happening is in the online space. And that's well suited towards this remote working environment where people might want to study just as much as they want to work uh, remotely or, or, or in hybrid fashion. They also want to study like that as well. We've got uh, the, the biggest volume of our student body is actually working professionals doing our online courses. Last year, we bought out courses on this. Possibly hasn't aged as well as some might might think. This year, we're bringing out a whole range of, of programs focusing on AI. Um, so we're able to constantly update uh, the materials and content we teach as technology shifts happen and occur, uh, while still teaching the fundamentals and equipping our, our graduates with those core skills that don't change and that set them up to succeed. Um, on the data side, data is, is everything. That's the... Uh, the, we, we tend to be optimists in everything that we look at. 
products, we're entrepreneurial in nature. So when something new comes along, or the parts come along, we get excited by it. We look for the opportunity. Not to say that there aren't threats, but we there's always opportunities where growth happens and we're in. Uh, and data really is, it's been around us. It's just, we're collecting it. We're able to analyze it more. AI just makes it even more powerful. And that just allows greater levels of personalization, optimization, uh, insights, uh, and, you know, maybe the marketing and, and advertising spaces, there's certainly massive application there. It's more important that it's a hand, if it has been, but if you look at applications in healthcare and uh, agriculture, it, it really is exciting. No, Andrew, that's amazing, and, it, and it's great that uh, you guys are offering, uh, you know, the, these these technologies as modules. So, uh, as a professional who studied, say, ten years ago, or even three years ago, because this yep. is how fast time changes, I could catch up and say, okay, I want to do this module with you guys about AI or the metaverse or this or that or that, and it equips me with the tools to be able to deal with what's coming, right? That's correct. Yeah, I mean, what the, the dream scenario for us, and we've got, we certainly we've got students. Uh, who who are like this? Um, and uh, but th this is where we're building, is for a for us to take a matriculant, and, and hopefully for us to have some interaction before they before they reach matric, which is the case. They come into the red and yellow school, they get a fantastic world class education that gets them ready for the world of work. They go into the workplace, they're already a step ahead their uh, their peers, and uh, and and as they grow and develop in their careers, and they realise that they need to um, they need to learn new things. That's an attitude that we try and teach our students that education doesn't, it only really starts once you leave university. That they come back to us, that they come back, we teach them, we keep equipping them with the skills that they need to survive and thrive in a, in a ever changing world. And to be able to do that, we have to do that ourselves. And that's, that's a hard, that's a very hard benchmark that we set for ourselves. Now, listen, it's brilliant. And your, your, your name out there speaks for itself. What does it mean to, to move at the speed of culture? Um, uh, you mentioned it uh, earlier in the beginning, or, you know, I've heard of the term quite a bit. Yes. How does one successfully remain ahead of the proverbial curve? And I guess what we just discussed, you know, doing those lessons. But I think, but I think essentially what it is, is that you've got to be open to it. And, and, and where I'm getting with this is it's, it's not just for marketing professionals. I mean, this is something yeah. that, you know, if a CEO wants to learn about the metaverse or how AI is impacting advertising, I think, you know, every executive needs to have a broad approach to this topic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that this, this moving at the speed of culture is, is often a term that's associated with brands and, and with marketing. I, I agree it applies to, to everything. I mean, it's really, it's an evolutionary thing. It's keeping your, your eye on the zeitgeist on what's happening. Um, uh, it's a, uh, in, in our lens, I suppose, it, keeping ahead of it, I, that's a very difficult thing to do. I wouldn't profess to say that we are necessarily ahead of it, but what we certainly try to do is to keep as close to it as we possibly can. Um, and we're fortunate enough in that um, with our with our students, um, they are they're Gen Zers. The Gen Ayers are coming. We learn a lot from them. Um, they are uh, um, very critical and skeptical of big brands. They are incredibly diverse and accommodating of, of a broad spectrum of humanity. It actually gives us a lot of hope. They really are. They're fantastic. Um, but they um, they they're very different. They're the first generation of gen genuine digital natives. They don't remember a, a time before social media, and they interact and use technology in a far more intuitive way than we ever will. They're also a lot more socially conscious purpose in everything that they do. And so uh, employers and then every business wants to work with them. They're frustrated. It's the perennial frustration with the next generation coming in. We don't get them. They don't make sense. 
but that's a time and you know that's a, an age old an age old problem. Uh, we need to learn to uh, we need to learn maybe not to understand them intuitively, but but at least to accept and to, that that this is the generation that's going to be ruling the world in 50, 20 years, and for many of us they're going to be employing us. So uh, so 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 disregard them at your peril, but uh, but learn to understand them as best you can. Keep pace with them, and that's a lot of that is happening in the social space. Um, yeah, so and we, so what we try and do is learn from as much as we're teaching them. We try and learn from them, uh, and 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 try to show them how to apply the things that they are doing already uh, within the context of a structured uh, educational experience. So, Andrew, I mean, this year has certainly been the the year of AI. Even though AI has been around for a while, uh, but you know, it's impacting every single business. It's impacting every single life out there. Um, and you know, you know, subconsciously, we've actually been using it for a while. But when we talk about AI, where where does this uh, fit in? Uh, if you consider that red and yellow is all about creativity, for example, it's all about original thinking and creative logic. Where does AI fit in your world? It's uh, it's a very good question. Uh, I mean, your point about AI having been around. I mean, it's you know we've in the, in the advertising marketing space, programmatic advertising, AI driven. A lot of the software, the design tools, Adobe Suite, it's all got embedded AI. Uh, so, so creators have been using artificial intelligence for years. They just probably haven't really been aware of it because it's been operating in the background. And now, since this new wave of generative AI has launched, people are suddenly coming face to face with the fact that it's there, it's present, and I can actually work with it directly without it kind of sitting under a layer or an interface. Um, and it's it's really we're very excited about it. It's uh, uh, it's this this concept that creativity is somehow uh, this. A, a completely separate domain from from technology or from I mean it's this idea that creativity and commercial and commerce and logic are two separate fields. We I mean our, before being called the, uh, the the creative school of business, we were the red and yellow school of logic and magic, creative magic and commercial logic. That's still very much tied to the ethos of what we do. But we we are fierce advocates for for using technology and AI and creative thinking and conceptual thinking and creative disciplines. And really all that AI is, it's another incredibly powerful tool that just augments human creativity. Um, again, at this conference I was at last week, it was one of the top, naturally one of the top topics of, of discussion. But we've, we've seen so much incredible creative output that has been produced. And, you know, if you just look at adverts, there's some incredible adverts, but the whole field of human creativity has literally been blown wide open. Uh, with access to these incredible tools that um, that really just elevates the art form, um, and and some of the best pieces, some of the worst pieces that you see are actually where you leave AI to do something itself. It really looks strange. It doesn't. There's no human connection. It doesn't understand us. But the incredibly powerful ones are the combination of AI uh, of, of human creativity and human thought uh, leveraging the tools that AI provides. Uh, and I think that's that's going to proliferate. We don't not alone in thinking this. There's a lot of a lot of the big consultancies and academics have come out with research uh, in the, the months since ChatGPT is twelve is twelve months old, it's a year old. Have come out since then. Uh, talking about this massive boost in, in productivity that AI is going to is going to deliver. And uh, for those who are concerned about creative jobs being on first on the chopping block, I mean, that was, I think, suddenly there was something that could actually create. In fact, we're going to see the opposite. We're going to see a proliferation of, of new jobs, of new tasks that humans uh, will be able to do. It will result in a shift in some creative jobs, as is always the case with new technology. But 
the net impact is going to be much more powerful and much bigger uh, than any of the, uh, the negative side effects. And, uh, and so there's a lot to be excited about, and for creatives especially so. Sure, that's uh, super exciting and, and scary at the same time. When you look at artificial intelligence, uh, what is the red and yellow take on adopting this as uh, either an enabler in education, as you mentioned, in that particular space, and how are you embracing adopting and, and teaching AI at Red and Yellow? I mean, what, what approach do you guys take when you teach new students? I, I'm about to uh, disclaim it. Everything I say here is once our academic team listen to me, they are going to warn me over the coals for getting things slightly wrong. They're, uh, they're very fastidious. Um, but what I will say is that we are, I think I've said it already, we're technology optimists. Um, uh, AI is something we're very excited about. Uh, one of the things that, that the educational industry, I think, was is a blessing and a curse that we were forced to deal with this almost immediately. Students are, as mentioned, these Gen Zers, they're, digitally, they're very digitally savvy, very switched on. They're within a couple of days of being released, we started to see efforts to, I won't say cheat, but to kind of work around the systems to get the, to get the technology to do assessments and assignments. And so we didn't have a choice but to deal with it. You know, a lot of businesses are still trying to work out what to do with it, what it means for us. We were confronted with it immediately. We very quickly took the view that uh, and it's in line with just our, our, our own cultures and values is that this is something to be excited about. Uh, and so we've, we're, we're, we're permissive. We let, uh, we let students, the first thing, we let students use uh, an AI, uh, but with very specific guardrails. Uh, it should never do the work for you, but you can certainly use it to, uh, uh, to do better work. Um, so... Uh, Getting it to do your work is no different. It's plagiarism, and so that's prohibited. But certainly use it for research. Use it to test and improve on the work that you do. Use it to generate ideas. Um, but be very careful. We're also teaching them to use, so using it ethically, but also using it critically. Don't just take everything that it comes back with this as being the truth, because that isn't the case. I mean, the very kind of I, well known that, that the current versions of, of ChatGPT in particular and other um, LLMs are prone to hallucinations or making stuff up. So so always test the responses that you get. So that's as far as a kind of a pedagogical approach is concerned. Uh, we are very permissive and, and encouraging of the use of, of, of AI. But we do the same with our faculty and, and with our non-faculty staff as well. Um, we actively encourage everyone in the organization to try and some form of, of AI uh, in their day-to-day -day jobs. Um, and it keeps us, we, we, what we started to see are these pockets of incredible innovation. Uh, just bubbling up in, in unexpected areas, whether it's our sales team experimenting, is taking the initiative and experimenting with a sales bot. Uh, our, our program development team are, are training a bot to, to be a, a mentor and a tutor that we can embed in some of our online learning practice. We'll never replace the human element. We, are, we, we believe firmly that, that the, the, the best possible outcome and the best possible solution is that combination. Um, and that people... People want a human connection. They will go so far with, uh, with, 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 a, with a digital experience or a digital person, but it's the human connection that, that is what ultimately separates us from, from everything that a machine can do. And so we're training to, to teach our students. Uh, I mean, these are just a couple of things. There's a lot of other stuff, which I'm, I, I've definitely forgotten, but uh, I'll, I'll think I'll be kicking myself um, 
after, after we wrap up. Oh, it's certainly exciting. Uh, very exciting what you guys have got there. And, uh, and, and how you tackle AI is, is, for me, quite impressive because you're looking at it from every angle and how it impacts us. But, you know, it's almost like it's augmenting our current skills and unlocking value within us as human beings. And I think that's a, it's an awesome approach to take at AI. Tell us about your AI and your educators project. Um, uh, what, what does that basically entail? And what will the knock-on effect be across the South African education system? So I don't want to let too much, I'll, I'll just entice a little bit because this is sort of a project which is, which is in development. But um, Really, this is and this is an example of us just keeping our ear to the ground. So we're, we're you know, we we've got a long-standing relationship with feeder schools, uh, and and just through our interactions with them, kind of realizing how ill-equipped and how nervous they are about um, what needs for them in So so just dealing with the same issues that we've dealt with, uh, but also and with with learners, but also with how they can improve themselves, how they can improve their own teaching, and and to address that fear that is a AI going to take my job. Uh, and so, so what we've done is we've, we've taken a lot of the stuff that we've learned and the practices that we've started to apply ourselves, and we've built those into a, a short course, a short online course um, for educators. It's not our target audience. We're not a teaching school per se, um, but we've got great content. We've got great expertise. We thought what better way to, uh, to give back uh, and to help, help support not just uh, a critically important um, field uh, in our country globally, um, uh, but uh, but to, to make sure that the teachers uh, who are, are training uh, the learners or the, the Gen A or Gen Bs who are coming behind them, um, equipping them with all the necessary digital age skills that they need, so that by the time they come to us, there, you know, we've got very well rounded and uh, and and switched on students that we can we can then take even further. So so the, the longer short of it is something we're still working at the moment. We're piloting it uh, imminently, and then we, we're hoping to launch this much wider to the entire South African market over the course of next year. Yeah, that's brilliant, Andrew. Uh, when you look at Red and Yellow, uh, what sets Red and Yellow and its students and uh, alumni apart from everywhere else? I mean, what would you stake your name on at Red and Yellow? Oh, um, there's a few things. Um, uh, firstly, uh, probably work readiness and industry relevance. That's the thing, the thing that we've been we've been known for for since since we started. Uh, and and uh, so if you speak to, and I hope this is true for anyone who's listening, um, uh, if you're hiring any of our graduates into your agency or into your marketing department, your design department, or anywhere else in your business, into your small business, what you'll find is that our our students are uh, a lot more work ready. Uh, they're a lot more switched on there. We've equipped them with a lot of these future skilled skills that we spoke about earlier and that they're able to start contributing a lot earlier. And this is not, this is feedback that we've continuously received over the years from recruiters, from employers. Uh, and it's something that we keep a very close eye on. Uh, it's something we're very proud of and, uh, and we, we, we want to continue to grow that, but it's not like, um, hopefully the gap doesn't, doesn't uh, increase as a result of others lowering their standards, but we want to challenge the rest of the industry, the rest of the educational industry to keep, keep pushing for more. Um, and, um, uh, and so that I think is probably one of the things that sets us apart. The other thing that I think is, is, is unique to us, uh, is that we play across a variety of different spaces. We are a, a business school. We're a, a, a private higher education institution and an ed tech business rolled into one. Uh, and so what that means is we're able to offer uh, full degrees, diplomas, certificates, the stuff that you would get from any uh, public university, 
and all accredited by the same body, globally recognized. These are the things that parents in particular are, are very, very keen on. It's the first couple of questions that they ask when evaluating us as a potential school for their kids. And then what we're able to do is to take that and deliver an entirely online or a blended experience from anywhere from a two week to a, to a 24 week short course um, for working professionals you know, from the day you leave university to the day you retire, focusing very much on digital marketing and marketing, design and communications and then our creative leadership. Um, and and uh, in the corporate space, we actually do a lot of B2B um, uh, business as well, a lot of corporate training, and there it's our agility and our adaptability. We're leveraging the, you know, all of the stuff we've spoken about before we train teams um, in these skills as well. And there we, we use a mix of, you know, we go and we do a, a complete discovery process, understand exactly what the specific team needs are, uh, and deliver a, a hybrid process using a mix of online and industry uh, experts facilitating um, to meet exactly what, what the particular team needed. And, and the wonderful circular flow of all of this is that uh, everything we learn in that from the cutting, cutting room floor goes back into teaching our, our undergraduate programs. Uh, the final thing I want to just mention as well is, is just our commitment to transformation. And I think we've got a, a more expansive um, program than, than, to my knowledge, any of our, any of our, uh, our, our peers. Uh, this year alone, 22% of our all campus students are the beneficiaries of 100% full tuition bursaries. Uh, and those, that's all delivered in partnership with our, our corporate client uh, network. Um, and, and it really has just been one of the most, most incredible things to, to be part of and to, uh, to, see, uh, to see working and to see growing. We also do a lot of learnership training, uh, which is all designed towards uh, giving uh, underprivileged uh, youngsters um, access to a world-class uh, education and then ideally a foot in the door or a step up in their chosen career. So there's a lot that we do. We're very, very proud of and a lot of it yeah. is all it's service-oriented. We want to give back uh, yeah. and get moving economy in a big Fantastic, Andrew. And thank you very, very much uh, for sharing your insights with us. And certainly, uh, by the sounds of it, and, and what I hear out in the street is that red and yellow uh, certainly have got their finger on the pulse in, in terms of what's happening on an innovation front, where the future's going. Uh, and it's certainly very, very exciting to see how uh, the impact that AI is having on, on business, but on a positive side, right, is augmenting us and and, and of course, just the big data and the analytics, which is uh, a very exciting world which in which you operate in. Andrew Ellison is the Chief Commercial Officer at Red and Yellow Creative School of Business. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on What's Next. Thank you, Aki.